Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show, at the Roy Green Show. If you've ever hit a golf ball and 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 it's come back at you as fast as you hit it, because you hit the tee marker, or it's gone into the woods or in the river or wherever it goes, right? You know what it you know what it feels like. And then you think about the people who really know how to do it, and the best in the world. And then you think about an eighteen year old. 18 years of age, who is from Smith's Falls, Ontario, who's already ranked the number two women's golfer in the world, and three weeks ago won the Women's PGA Championship, and is leading the fourth round of the Cambria Portland Classic LPGA Tournament in Portland, Oregon, which we won last year. You're thinking about Canadian Brooke Anderson. If you don't follow golf regularly, the name may not mean a lot to you, but it's going to mean a lot to you, and it should... It will very quickly. Uh, joining me on the on the Roy Green Show is Lauren Rubenstein, golf author, member of the Canadian and Ontario Golf Halls of Fame, one of the great golf writers. Want to buy a golf book? Buy one of Lauren Rubenstein's books. Mo and Me is still my favorite, Lauren. It's all Canadian this first hour. We're talking about Canada and Canada Day weekend. Just an absolutely incredible, incredible personal perspective of your time with Mo Norman. But l- let me ask you about this incredible young woman, Brooke Henderson. Give us a bit of a perspective of what is what, what an 18-year-old accomplishing what she's accomplished already means in golf. Well, the best uh, way, the clearest way that I can put it, Roy, uh, is to say that it's only about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, that she had no status on the LPGA Tour, that she was just, you know, kind of playing tournaments that she could get into and that she qualified for during the same week when they have a qualifying round. And she was ranked, I mean, you know, somewhere in the 250, 300th in the world as she got going. And now, as you said, here she is number two. I don't know of any golfer anywhere who's gone, come from so you can't say far back if she was just starting her career, but from her initial ranking as a professional to being number two in the world uh, right now behind Lydia Koo, she's like kind of some kind of a supersonic object that's just risen and so fast and gone so far and shows no signs at all of slowing down or retreating. And as you say, she's only 18 years old. It, it really is something to watch, something to see. It's unlike really just about anything I've seen in the golf world, um, certainly in the women's golf world, and you know, and uh, except for Tiger Woods, obviously, in the men's golf world, it's tremendous to see, and there's no better, no better time to talk about it than Canada Weekend when, as you say, she's leading this tournament with one round to go this afternoon. And, Lauren, quite often we'll see a golfer start to have a little bit of a wobble on maybe the, the third round, and they... And they start to struggle, and other players pass them, and then that's it. We don't hear from them for maybe two or three tournaments after that. With Brooke Henderson, she has a wobble in the third round. doesn't matter. Before the end of the third round, she's back on the leaderboard. And if she has two strokes on you going into the fourth round, you might as well take your clubs and go home. 
<laughs> well, golf's never quite like that, but well, um, certainly she has shown that uh, she can. She did miss a cut recently. Maybe it was last week or two weeks ago, which she rarely does. And here she is leading another golf tournament, and then she won that women's PGA Championship, a major championship, and now she's trying to defend the title, her first title, which she won last year by eight shots. It's such an exciting summer coming up. You've got the U.S. Women's Open next week, where she'll obviously be one of the two or three favorites. And you've got two tournaments back-to-back in Canada and Calgary and in Cambridge, Ontario, coming up before too long. And uh, she's really the golfer right now that everybody is watching, anybody who follows the game. And she's making a name for herself even really beyond the hardcore golf aficionados because she's doing it with such style and you know she's kind of an electric player really she swings at it hard she's got a homemade personal swing which i hope uh you know no teachers will ever try to talk her out of it's really really enjoyable to watch i can't wait to see how she does this afternoon and a very nice young person, from what I understand as well. Just a well-grounded young person. Yeah, I remember watching her on the Canadian, Ontario uh, Women's Amateur a couple of years ago. I walked around with Marlene Street, and um, you know she was friendly and accommodating to people, talking to them as she was playing. Now, she wouldn't be doing that now as a professional, but she's always very generous with her time. She goes back to Smith Falls um, with her sister, her caddy, Brittany, who's a few years older and is also a, a professional golfer. Uh, and she just does a lot for people and for kids. I mean, she's a kid herself, 18 years old, but uh, she's very cognizant of the place that she's assuming in the game, and then we get to look forward to her playing in the Olympics uh, for Canada before too long. And the women's golf field, I mean, the the, the, the pro players, this is a time of strong and skilled players. This isn't a weak field that she just is taking advantage of because of her skills. Not at all. I mean, she's going up Lydia Ko, who's a phenom in her own right. She's all of, what, 19 years old, I think. I don't think she's turned 20 yet. She's won 13 tournaments as a professional. She won majors, uh, and she's dominating the women's game right now with Brooke close behind. But you've also got Stacey Lewis, the American Stacey Lewis and Lexi Thompson. You've got accomplished players from around the world, obviously from Korea, Asia. Um, there's so many of them. It, uh, it's really a great time for women's golf. Michael Wan, the new commissioner, not so new, a few years now, but he's done a, a a really first-rate job of adding tournaments to the schedule, getting people excited about it. And, uh, you know, they do a lot of interesting things on the LPGA Tour that I haven't really seen on the on the PGA Tour, for example, in terms of um, supporting people who pay, you know, some good money to play in the Pro-Am. I got invited to play in the Pro-Am last year at the Manual Life, and I played with one of the top players in the game who's ranked 7th or 8th, So Yon Ru is her name, and, um, I mean, I think she could be a number one player in the world. She's that good. But anyway, a couple weeks later, I got a handwritten letter from her um, thanking me for the day, saying how much she enjoyed it, and and it wasn't some um, just uh, kind of boilerplate letter, and uh, I learned later that the LPG Tour encourages its players um, to, to do that and send out handwritten letters to the people they play with every every week and that's just just a, one of the small things that the LPG tour does so well to encourage sponsor relations and customer relations uh, there i'm really uh you know kind of uh, i would say i'm very bullish on the LPG tour right now yeah and, and you mentioned the brook is going to be playing in the olympics but we have defending canadian let me just switch to the men's side for a second defending canadian open champion number one in the world in men's golf jason day uh, he's joined Rory McIlroy in announcing that he will not play because of the Zika virus concerns. Um, 
Any comments on that? Any thoughts? Well, it's on that? disappointing to see some of the top players in the game, like Jason Day and Rory McIlroy and Charles Schwartzel and Lou Eustace, and I think you know dropping out. Um, they're saying it's because of the Zika virus, and you can only the fear of it, um, even though the chances are so small, but uh, of contracting it. But you know, you, if that's what they're saying, they have every right to drop out if they're afraid of it. And, you know, some of them haven't had kids yet, or they want more kids, and they're just nervous about it. And maybe other issues involved as well. It's a tight schedule. You've got the British Open coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, the week after next, as a matter of fact, and you've got the PG, the Canadian Open uh, and the PGA Championships. You've got two majors in three weeks, followed soon after by the Olympics. And Adam Scott was one of the first to drop out and, or to withdraw his name as a potential team member for Australia. And he said way back when, had nothing to do with the Zika virus, he said, look, you know, he said, we don't really need the Olympics. Golf doesn't need the Olympics. It should be for amateurs only. And we've got our four majors. Even McElroy said last week after he withdrew his name, he said that, uh, you know, the pinnacle of our sport is the four majors. Uh, and it, in a way, is an insult to the other um, competitors who work for four years hard to get into the one competition that really matters in the world, and then nobody ever hears about them again in the media anyway. So, you know, that's, it's a very controversial area, and um, I just hope this doesn't mean the end of golf in the Olympics. Uh, yeah. It's going to be in for 2020 for sure, but before then, the Olympic IOC will have decided whether it will be beyond 2020, and it's not helping that some of the best players are, are not going to be there. You know, Lorne, I thought some of it may have to do with the fact that there really isn't a tradition of, of watching golf in the Olympic Games. So it's not like Rory McIlroy, Jason Day, uh, Adam Scott, uh, etc. can say 20 years ago or 30 years ago, Greg Norman uh, was, was, was winning uh, Olympic gold for my country, so I want to, I want to, I want to follow that lead. This is this is new territory. And no, that's true. That's very true. That's a good point, Roy. You know, they, they need a little bit of, I suppose, foresight and imagination and ask themselves, you know, is this going to be good for the game, something yeah. that I can do for the game that's bigger than myself? There's no prize money. They can't even wear um, the clothes of their sponsors in most cases because there's a particular, uh, I guess, sponsor associated with the Olympics, and they have to wear those clothes. Uh, and you wear your team's clothes, of course. Um, so... It's you know it's uh, there is no tradition, um, but you know at one point there was no tradition for the Ryder Cup either. You know if That's you think right. about it like that. Yep. So uh, I think that some of these players, if golf continues in the Olympics down the road at the end of their careers, maybe they'll regret um, that they didn't play. I don't know. The Canadians David Hearn and Graham Delat, the team David will be on for sure, and looks like Graham will be for sure as well. Um, they're going to be the men's team, and and they're going, and uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, an important part of their career. It means well, good something. for them. So. Yeah, good for them, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about the book that you're writing with Tiger Woods? Well, it's uh, Tiger's book that I'm helping him write, um, just like that interview I did in Time Magazine. It's a book in his own words about the 97 Masters. It'll be published in March 2017, and uh, on the 20th anniversary of his breakthrough win soon after he turned pro in the 97 Masters, when he basically announced himself to the world by going out and winning that by 12 shots. So he's telling a lot of stories that, you know, have not been told before, and um, uh, he's, uh, it's, uh, we're going to be recounting that uh, historic event, truly historic event, I think. It changed the golf world into a power game, really, from what it was before, and I think it had ramifications um, since then, and Tiger will be talking about uh, all of those as well, and uh, it's going to be a candid look. Uh, at, the, at that Masters through his eyes and his experience on the ground. Now, looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Uh, no, no question that he's coming back, right? He wants to play. He wants to come back. You know, as soon, when he's healthy, when he feels he can play a, 
and play and practice as hard as he can, that's when you'll see him. But not until then. He himself has said, you know, obviously a number of times um, that uh, he came back too early sometimes and he learned to play through pain. And he's had enough with surgeries. He doesn't want any more surgeries, that's for sure. So he's really being careful and patient. And, uh, you know, he's a golfer. He wants to get out there and play. But uh, it's not going to happen until he's really confident he can take full swings at it, even from the rough, and not hurt himself. Tiger Woods on the male side of things when he was 19 years of age. Brooke Henderson on the female side of things at 18, Canadian. I see a parallel here. Warren, thank you so much. Always, a, always an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, I enjoy. I've always enjoyed our conversations over the years, Roy. Thanks for inviting me on. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Warren Rubenstein in the Canadian and Ontario Golf Halls of Fame, a great golfer in his own right. And looking forward to that book he's uh, writing with Tiger Woods and Brooke Henderson. Just remember the name. If you haven't really caught... Uh, Followed Brooke Henderson, you will. This is just a wonderful, wonderful story about an incredible young woman who's representing this country, and she will in the Olympic Games. Great rooting interest. When we come back, my good friend Joe McFarland from our chorus radio station in Calgary, Newstalk 770. We'll talk to Joe about the federal court's decision concerning the Northern Gateway Pipeline. Stick around.